every day your goals are asking you, are you willing to do the things it takes to get it done? ReliQuest mental performance coaches Dr. Nicole Detling and Darren McMains discuss insights and strategies to help you level up and consistently do the things necessary to achieve your personal and team goals. Welcome to Do The Things, powered by ReliQuest. Welcome back to Do The Things, powered by ReliQuest. I'm Darren McMains. I'm alongside our mental performance coach, Dr. Nicole Detling. Doc, how are you? I am fantastic. Well slept, slept, well rested, which is our podcast episode for today. It is. Yeah. So you gave this great talk with, to a bunch of our leaders uh, a few weeks ago, and I thought it was fantastic because right now we're in Q4. And in Q4, whether you're tired from the whole year or you're trying to close some important deals coming up at the end of year, one thing that we all struggle with is, is jet lag right? Because we're flying all over the country, in our cases, all over the world. And so uh, jet lag is a real thing and it can impact our mindset. And we say this all the time, how we think impacts how we feel and how we feel influences how we perform. And so uh, it only makes sense that we talk about the importance of one of, of jet lag and the reality of it. But two, more importantly, is what are some strategies, right? How can we improve uh, the quality of sleep or just um, the quality of recovery after traveling different time zones, uh, and so, again, you shared this with, with our leaders. I thought it was fantastic. And we just, you and I, as we were talking, we thought, hey, this would be helpful to share with a lot of our listeners. And so if you could just share some of the points that you shared um, around how to uh, just recover better when it comes to jet lag. Yeah, I think this is such an important topic because, as you mentioned, especially in Q4, I mean, all we are flying all over the place all the time and skipping time zones. And my goodness, it really messes with our quantity of sleep, which most of us aren't getting enough anyway. Right, <laughs> um, right. yeah. But then it also impacts the quality. And so, you know, we could do a whole other episode on the importance of sleep and what we need to be doing about that. But let's really just focus in on jet lag for today. Yeah. Um, and I do want to say a lot of this comes from Dr. Matthew Walker, who is one of the premier researchers into sleep. He wrote this amazing book that's called Why We Sleep. So mm. if you're looking for more information, I highly recommend that. Um, and those of you who are on planes right now, there's actually a masterclass on Delta that's free that Matthew Walker talks about sleep. So, hey. What? to get some of this information there too. Nice. Yeah, as, at least as as of the recording of this podcast episode, it is yeah. on Delta. Oh, that's um, cool. So you can watch. Yeah, I know. I, was, I thought that was pretty awesome. But anyway, I mean, jet lag can really mess us up, not just our mindset. It can mess us up physically. It can mess us up cognitively, emotionally, mentally, all of those things. You know, we get really tired. And when we get really tired, we have a difficult time remembering things, taking in new information. We can feel confused, get headaches. We can get mood swings, digestive issues, which are not the best things to have in mm -hmm. your business meetings. <laughs> right? No. Right? Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> All right. So I am going to give you a few tips on how to overcome this and you can use all of them or even just one or two, whatever you think might be most helpful for you. But the idea is to give a list where you will all find at least one of them might be most helpful. 
So the first one is to change your clocks right away. As soon as you are seated on the airplane, the second you get on that plane, and actually even a little bit beforehand, if you wanted to, as long as you're paying attention to what the actual time is to get on the plane and you don't miss your flight, you want to change yeah. all your clock faces. So your watches, your phone, your laptop, um, anything that you might have with you that's electronic or digital, if you change that clock face there too, right? Yeah. My Casio. I got it. my Casio. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Your Casio. You <laughs> want to change it to your new time zone. Whatever time zone you're going to be landing in, change all of your clock faces to that new time zone. And what that does for us is it helps us start to think and operate on this new destination time. Mm. So we're starting to really kind of already get into mentally, you know, I might be taking off at two, but if I'm already thinking, okay, now it's four when I get on the plane, sure. then that starts me already mentally, I start to adjust and associate with the new time zone, which yeah. makes it easier to adjust once you get there. Um, it just so helps it the rest of the trip. So I think it's like, so just making the commitment to like change your time zone before takeoff, right? Exactly. It's like before takeoff, yeah. get to the new time zone, time zone yep. before takeoff. Love it. And most people, most business people are going to be working on the plane anyway. So if you're right. working and you're checking the time, you're checking the time according to the new time zone. So you're already starting to think about what's what's going to be happening when you land, where you are, what time it is, what you're working on, things like that. So it's just a built-in association that's really simple to do, but can be helpful to help you recover from jet lag. Love it. Yeah. Um, second one is if you have a really long flight, so this would be more appropriate for international flights, um, but typically what you wanna do is sleep during the first half of a long flight. Now, most people actually do the opposite. Okay, most people are going to stay awake the first half and then they start to get tired and they go to sleep and then they wake up in this new time zone that is completely off yeah. from where they started. But then also they've changed their sleep pattern accordingly. So ideally what happens is when you when you stay awake that first half and you sleep that second half, then you're kind of starting the day all over again. And it mm. might be nighttime when you land and you're just not tired. You just can't yeah. go to sleep. You can't go to bed. So what happens is we have this chemical in our brains called adenosine. And that's what actually makes us tired and go to sleep. And the analogy I like to use is if you think of it like a bathtub where, um, and in the morning, we're, we're going to assume the bathtub's completely drained of adenosine, right? So in the morning, yeah. when you wake up, as soon as you wake up, you're kind of plugging the bathtub, you're putting that plug into that hole and you start the faucet and it's just on this slow drip. Um, but throughout the day, the bathtub is kind of filling up with what's called adenosine. And so adenosine, when there's not very much of it in there, you're not going to feel too tired, but you need that buildup of 12 hours, 16 hours um, in order to be able to go asleep, to sleep and sleep throughout the night. So if you sleep during the first half of a long flight, you're going to drain that bathtub of adenosine. When you wake up, you're going to start it all over again, and you're going to get that 12, 14, 16 hours mm. of wakefulness, which helps you feel more asleep. So you're more likely to um, adjust faster when you get there. You'll be more tired when it's time to go to bed than you will if you kind of took that nap or slept during the second half and drained all the adenosine. Does that, that make sense? sense? It does, it, it, which brings up the question, like if I'm flying from East Coast on an overnighter to... London, we'll, we'll say, um, we'll just say Tampa to London. Let's say I'm flying Tampa to London. <laughs> okay. And not that I've ever done that. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but okay, Tampa to London. I'm leaving at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. in Tampa. I'm gonna get mm-hmm. roughly to London at 8 a.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. Would you still recommend that I sleep the first half of that flight, or would you say, hey, no, you need to sleep the second half of that flight because when you get there, like it's time to go to work. Like what, right. what do exactly. I do Exactly. Yeah. So think about it in terms of where am I starting? Like if I'm starting at night, six o'clock at night, then you're probably going to want to fall asleep about halfway through the flight and sleep in the middle third. Yeah. And then when you get there, it's going to be, it's going to feel more like it's 12, one, two o'clock versus 8 AM. And you're going to hit, you're going to get really, really tired around four or five. Yeah. What, at the home time, which is going to be like noon there. And you're going to want to fall asleep at noon when you get into London. So you got to think about like, when are you landing? And at what point do you, can you get that 12, at minimum of about 12 hours of that adenosine buildup? So 12 hours of being awake before it's time to go to bed and you would sleep accordingly. Now planes, I don't know about you, dude, but when I was younger, I could sleep on a plane like nobody's business. And as I've gotten older, it's really, really hard to sleep on airplanes. Um, So even if you're able to just rest, just close your eyes, you know, bring us, bring an eye mask, bring some earplugs, you know, whatever you can do in order to be able to facilitate at least a little bit of rest can help drain some of that bathtub, drain some of that adenosine so that it doesn't overflow. So, you know, when you don't drain enough, it basically, the bathtub's overflowing, which creates all kinds of problems and you can't stay awake. So anything you can do to help drain a little bit of that is going to be powerful. You know, one, uh, one thing that I learned years ago, cause I'm, I'm not a great sleeper. Like, uh, I've gotten a lot better actually not on planes, but I've gotten a lot better to sleeping in general. When I heard a great piece of advice, I wish I could remember the doctor's name, but it was a sleep doctor that we used back when I work in, I worked in professional baseball. And he shared with us that even just closing your eyes and resting, it's still roughly 60 to 70% of the same benefit that you get if you actually fell asleep. And why mm-hmm. that really helped me was because we all knew the importance of sleep. And so when I was laying there, like trying to go to sleep, (laughs) that just made it worse. Cause I'm like, Oh shoot, I got to get this rest. I know everyone said how important it is. And so I would like try to force myself to sleep, which we all know never works and it didn't work. But as soon as I heard like, Hey, just laying there and closing your eyes is still going to help you. Mm -hmm. What it did was it took the pressure off of me. It was a weird way, but took the pressure off me to go to sleep. And cool thing is I found myself falling asleep more easily because I wasn't trying to fall asleep. I, I was just accepting the fact that, Hey, just me laying here with my eyes closed is going to be good and good. It'll be okay. And that's fine. And then all of a sudden, 45 minutes later, two hours later, I'm like, yes. Slept. And then I'll be so fired up. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're so totally right though. How many times have we looked at the clock and said, if I go to sleep right now, I'll get eight hours, go to sleep, yes, go to sleep, yeah, go to sleep. Yeah. And it doesn't, well, you can't command sleep. It doesn't no. work that way. The way we sleep is we let go And so, yes, absolutely. Recognizing that resting is powerful. It's not as good as sleep, but resting is still really, really powerful and really beneficial. And so, as you said, and you said it beautifully, you know, it just takes the pressure off. Just rest. Just think about, okay, man, I suck at sleeping on planes. I can't do it. Okay, dude, like get as comfortable as possible and just rest. And that rest rest will be helpful for you. You're right in that a lot of us will fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't, you're still getting some benefits. True. Yeah. And and like I said, that was a game changer for me. So just when you're talking about yeah, being terrible at sleeping on planes, it's like, a, and again, not great, but 
that was just a game changer of just because rallying for sleep, those two words don't go together, right? I'm going to rally and sleep, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Just accepting that um, resting is, is going to be helpful. That has really helped my sleep. So sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. Yeah, please no, dude, please continue. Good. I think that's an important point that is really good for people to hear because I know I certainly struggle with sleeping on planes and I don't yeah. want to make it more stressful thinking I have to sleep on the plane. And if I don't sleep on the plane, there's no way I'm going to be able to function. And you're right. That's setting myself up for failure. Right. So just resting is helpful and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Third one I have for you and people aren't going to like this. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> people never like this one, which is avoid alcohol. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you, if we uh, had, if we had the sick editing, if I knew how to do that, I would drop in a dum 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 there, but we'll just do totally, the, our totally. voices. Yeah. But essentially what happens, a lot of people use alcohol to sleep. They think that it helps them sleep better and it can quickly put you to sleep. So you can kind of fall into that lower or uh, lighter level of non-REM sleep. That's true, but it leads to some pretty significant sleep problems later on in the night. Um, and a lot of drowsiness the next day too. So basically, you know, if you are go if you are an alcohol drinker, if you're listening to this saying, yeah, screw that, I'm having a drink, then just sure. have one, right? Don't use it to go to sleep because the disruption on your sleep is far more significant than you thinking it helps you fall asleep faster because it might, but yet your sleep quality is significantly diminished during the time that you're asleep if you use alcohol to sleep. Not Got the it. best. I know yeah. people don't want to hear it, <laughs> but it, Fair, matters. Though. it matters. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's still helpful. So it, it's still helpful. Um, yeah. What, what else you got? All right. So next one is the next morning, bright light exposure is absolutely vital. So as soon as possible, as soon as you wake up, get outside in this new time zone first thing in the morning. Ideally, it's within 15, 20 minutes of waking up. And ideally, you're going to be out there for 20 to 30 minutes. And what happens, the reason why this is vital is uh, because essentially when we get that natural sunlight in our eyes, which a little side note here, ideally you're also not wearing sunglasses. You don't want to block any of the light that might That's be coming in. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, exactly. Ask. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And also through a window doesn't count. So what? you have to actually be outside. Yes. Windows, even clear windows are going to block some of that natural sunlight in the ray, the specific rays that you need in order for this to help you overcome jet lag. So Got it. Basically, okay. what's going to happen is when you get outside and you get that that natural sunlight into your eyes, it goes into your retinas. Um, it's going to help inhibit the release of melatonin from the sleep part of our brain, the suprachiasmatic nucleus. Right. Not that big of a deal. Don't need to know the term, but we have it's like a, a sleep word, center. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you, do you dominated that word, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. um, I've said it many times. Yeah. Um, but essentially what happens, we have the sleep center in our brain and that that sleep center releases melatonin, which melatonin is essentially the starting the starting guy like with the start gun when mm. he calls you to the race at 100 meter dash which basically just says hey it's time for us to go to sleep now if you don't have enough adenosine built up you're not going to go to sleep even if you have some melatonin okay mm. now that's a little bit of a side note but it will become important in a few minutes here 
you'll you'll recognize why that's important in a few minutes. So essentially the melatonin says, hey, it's time for us to wind down and go to sleep. Well, we wanna block that first thing in the morning in a new time zone. We wanna be awake for the day. And the best, easiest, most effective way to do that is get outside as soon as possible in this new time zone, no sunglasses, not through a window, like actually outside. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, even if it's cloudy or it's kind of gray, there's still sunlight. You're still getting it. So getting outside can be really powerful. And I want to add one strategy to that. I know you're going, oh, where are you yeah. going with this? No, you're good. Here, yeah. Here's what I would add. So, cause I'm just thinking about myself. I'm getting on a plane later tonight. And so here's what I'm thinking. You know, there's the research that supports like setting out your exercise clothes the nights the night yeah. before. So uh -huh. you remove some sort of obstacle to getting up and going out and working out. So I'm thinking when you get into the new time zone, whatever that is, right? If you get in late at night, early in the morning, whatever it might be, to set out whatever those clothes are, right? Shorts, t-shirts, tennis shoes, set them out right away so you can hold yourself accountable to getting up, getting out of bed, putting yeah. on shorts and a t-shirt getting the complimentary coffee coffee in the lobby, right? And walking outside and just getting some sunlight. So I would just add to that, just to remove that piece of friction in the morning yes. already where it's like, oh, I got to open my suitcase. Where's my, where's my short, you know, all that kind of stuff where you're like, I'm just not going to do it. No, it's like, just take care of it the night before, set it out. So when you wake up, boom, you're locked and loaded and you get outside and, and get, and get that sunlight that you need. Totally. And I will tell you, it is so dang hard. I mean, I've flown all over the world as part of Team USA and Olympics and other countries, time zone differences of 12 hours. I mean, Jeez. this is so much more powerful than you can recognize. And there are times when it is, it takes every ounce of energy I have to drag myself out of bed that next morning and to get outside. And it's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. But oh my goodness, the effects are incredible and it will help you adjust to that new time zone so much faster than if you just pull the covers back over your head like you want to. <laughs> sure. No, that that's helpful. I love that. that that's yeah. really helpful for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the next one I have for you, number five, is adjust your new eating schedule according, accordingly. So this can go back to even on the plane, when you first get on the plane and you change all your clock faces, work on eating according to your new time zone. So if you're, you know, try to hold out on that hunger as long as possible. So you start to adjust your body on the new time zone mm. as well. It's not just the brain connecting with, you know, a new time, but your body connecting with this is when I would eat if I were in this new time zone. And that's going to help regulate even, you know, our 24 hour, actually it's 24 hours and 15 minutes circadian rhythm, our natural rhythm is going to become a lot easier to adjust if we can just hold out a little longer on those meals and adjust accordingly with the meals as well. Cause that really helps our bodies know also when it's time to be awake and when it's time to sleep. Cause nobody, you know, wakes up to go eat. Like that's not what sure. we do. And so if we're working on eating according to our new schedule, that's going to help you adjust faster as well. Does the research support anything around, is it better to skip a meal or to force ourselves to eat when we're not hungry, I guess. So I guess my question would be, Hey, we want to eat when we get to that new time zone. And let's say I get there and, and it's breakfast time. We'll just say it's the morning, but I'm not hungry. Mm -hmm. Like, do I still need to like, Hey, you need to eat a pastry <laughs> or something. Do I need to eat a banana something. just yeah. to like, let my body know, Hey, this yeah. is breakfast. We're getting locked in on this new time zone. It, it, that, so it supports 
eating something small, even if I'm not hungry. Is that what, is that what That's you're suggesting? exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If we're just talking about jet lag. <laughs> jet lag. Um, got it. Okay. Just talking about jet lag. Yes. And even if it's something small, it doesn't have to be a full on meal. Like it can be a banana, right? Okay. It can be a power bar. It doesn't have to be something significant, but yes, it will help you overcome that jet lag faster if cool. you work on adjusting to that. Cool. Love that. Yep. Thank you. Yep, totally. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, next one, number six is napping strategically. So if you're really, really struggling and you feel like a nap is absolutely necessary because you're just having a hard time adjusting, um, especially we're talking about business people or even athletes, right, who are expected to be on during that time frame um, yeah. for mental capacity, for fortitude, all that kind of stuff we'd ideally encourage you to rest as early as possible during the day. So if you need a nap, you're going to nap ideally early on in the morning. So not too long after you've woken up or mm. late morning. And ideally you want to nap between 10 to 20 minutes just to take that edge off. If you end up napping for an hour, your system is totally out of whack and it still has no idea what it's yeah. doing, what it's supposed to be doing. It's releasing all kinds of different, you know, melatonin and adenosine and like all these different things are happening within your body that may not be helpful for you to adjust. So if you just need to take the edge off, we're talking 10 to 20 minutes is the recommended time frame, and that's it. And ideally the early Earlier in the day, the better. And again, that's to help that adenosine build up so that by the time it's time to go to sleep, you're ready to go to sleep. And then you can adjust faster to that yeah. jet lag. First day is always rough. First day is always really, really hard for most people. If you have the opportunity to go a day earlier than you need to, I would highly recommend it because that first day, I know I've walked around like a zombie sometimes that first day. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what the heck's going on. Um, <laughs> And yeah. so certainly if you can take an extra day on the front end, absolutely take that day and you'll be, you'll be glad you did. What's easier traveling East or West? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's actually easier to travel West. And the reason for that is because when we are, as I, I alluded to earlier, that our circadian rhythm is actually 24 hours and 15 minutes is our natural circadian mm. rhythm. It's a little bit longer than one rotation of the earth in 24 hours. That's and so, yeah. And so what that means is if our natural circadian rhythm is 24 hours and 15 minutes, then it's easier to stretch a day than it is to shrink a day. Oh, yeah. So it's easier to stay awake when you're a little bit tired than it is to go to sleep and go to bed when you're not tired at all. Like you'll just lay there and maybe that's when you're trying to command yourself to sleep, right? It's go to yeah. sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Yeah. And it's not working. Yeah. So it tends to be easier to fly West than it does to fly East. I know I've certainly had that experience when I can adjust fairly rapidly when yeah. I'm flying West, but flying East, man, it takes a long time. And this is something else that's I think is really interesting is in general, it takes most of us one day to adjust by one hour on the time zone difference. So if your time zone difference is eight oh, hours, wow. it's going to take you about eight days before you're fully adjusted. What? I know. Isn't that wild? So for most people, they take this trip and they're just getting adjusted and it's time yeah. to go back. And so that's really what a lot of these tips are for that I've given you today is to yeah. help you adjust a little bit faster or to be a little bit, you know, have a little bit more of cognitive clarity, maybe avoid some of that the digestive issues and things that might happen yeah. with, um, with jet lag is just to help you adjust a little bit faster and you can speed it up a little bit. I mean, certainly that's, don't think of that as a death sentence in eight hours. That's going to be eight days 
days. Yeah. Right. That's the average. And we can speed that up. And maybe that's part of do the things that other people aren't willing to do, which is get outside and get that sunlight in your eyes when you're really tired. Get up in the morning and do it. Right. That eat is. when you're not hungry. Do it. Don't yeah. eat when you are hungry. Do it. Do the things. And that's going to help you adjust a little bit faster. These are so helpful, Doc. Thank you. I because I, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, was we all want to be our best, right? I don't think that's Absolutely. the question, right? But it's it's understanding that there's a lot of external things like within our environment or time zones, whatever it might be, travel that can really impact our ability to uh, just do the things that that we want to do, right? And so I think these. These are extremely helpful. And so I just want to thank you for sharing. Uh, again, I, I know we shared this with a lot of people internally, but um, it's one of these things where, you know, our, our goal in this is to be helpful. And so it was one of these things where you and I, we talked about, well, this is helpful for everyone because everybody uh, struggles with this. And, and you know, we just want to provide this resource that said, hey, like, here's something that you can do that maybe help you get a little bit better. It's going to require you to maybe do some things that you haven't done before, but that's ultimately what it takes, right? I mean, that's what it takes to to consistently show up and be the best version of yourself is to to find those little things and do the things that um, are, are difficult at times. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, look forward to, to learning more from you and, and to sharing more uh, with you uh, in the future. So yeah, uh, again, awesome. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Make it a great yep. today and we'll see you on the next see you on the next one. Yep, sleep well everybody. Yeah.